This is Crafting the Short Story with your host, author and editor, Darren Todd of DarrenTodd.net. Now, let's explore the agony and the ecstasy, the magic and the mechanics of short fiction. Hello and welcome to episode 18. This week, I'm going to stray into novel territory, but I promise to bring it back to short fiction because I really believe there's a connection in terms of content and quality that I'm seeing lately. And by lately, I mean since the advent of ubiquitous e-readers and the subsequent rise of self-publishing and even small press publishing. Not necessarily to conflate the latter with the former, but just to suggest that we've got several orders of magnitude more content available, having shaken the tethers of dead tree publishing or exclusively going with the five big publishers of old. Now what made me think about this post was a book I saw by a small press that was in a newsletter that advertised such works, particularly those on sale. I'm not even sure how on earth I got on their mailing list, but it doesn't come out too often and it's not too annoying, so I'll usually check out their stuff the once a week the newsletter comes out. There was one title in particular that caught my eye. It had a great cover, great title, well-written tagline, and a sweet, if overdone, premise. Zombie apocalypse with a survivalist twist. Interesting enough for me to look further. Well, thank God Amazon has an option to read a bit before buying, because even at $3, it would have been a waste of money for me. Just for me. I hardly had to read any at all to discover that it was a bad fit, but it had nothing to do with the writer's style or the book layout or anything like that. Not the sort of thing that would cause you to put down a book you'd picked up at a brick-and-mortar bookstore, let's say. Uh, Rather, it was what globbed this title in with others like it that made me put it down, virtually speaking. So I want to talk about some telltale signs of amateur writing particular to novels that I'm noticing nowadays. And that is, in my opinion, spoiling many novels as it certainly did for this one. Number one, I find many of them are now self-indulgent. A novel is not a chance for you to babble about your life. That's called a memoir. And even then, it has to be good, or at least interesting. What you know matters, sure. And play to your own strengths, of course. But thinking that it's going to work in a sort of one-to-one relationship in fiction is erroneous. Your character needn't be reflections of you and your friends or relatives, just as the character's jobs and hopes and knowledge and experience shouldn't be either. Stretch yourself some. Think about the issue with this, even the low-hanging fruit. This novel was written by a prepper who liked shooting. Good for you. That's fine. But then, in the writing itself, he had woven far too much of himself in there. Too much personal philosophy on everything from gun control to politics, and this was the first page or two. I don't even know the main character yet. You might want to ease me into his political viewpoint. Else, if it's orthodox, you're sure to lose about half your readers right out the gate. Two, and there is a difference, overly autobiographical. Not this novel, but another. Had an entire chapter of completely narrative history all about the main character. I kept waiting for it to end, to get into meaningful action or back to the central conflict 
but instead it just kept going. I finished the chapter, but was done with the novel. I'd paid for it, but I was done. I looked online, and sure enough, this guy's author bio read like it came right out of the book. This is just sloppy. Not only have you carbon copied your life and your characters, but you've force-fed it to your readers to the tune of an entire chapter. This was a particular shame because the first chapter was awesome. I couldn't wait to read on. It was relatable and well-paced. After that, I felt bad for even having tweeted about it. It hurt my credibility to have endorsed a book after seeing the direction Chapter 2 took, if I have any Twitter credibility. Number three, narrative heavy. This is the default for writers who have an idea and perhaps even a story in their head, but who can't spin a tale to unravel that story slowly. They need to tell people the sequence of events, and that's that. Some even keep up this sort of pace and present a novel as rife with events as it is with character connections and drama and anything else. It's simply a a series of events that they're bullet listing out. The thing is, this, like so many others I'm going over here, and this is an important point, is that that's not to suggest there's something wrong with narrative. I think now we expect quite a lot of dialogue, quite a lot of action, and not as much narrative as it used to be. But that's not to say that the writing is better than, say, the great authors of 100 years ago or something like that. It is that now being narrative-heavy is simply a greater tell to an amateur writer. So it's a correlation, not causality. It is correlated with amateur writing. It is not the cause of that writing being amateur. Some of the words narrative could be great, but if it's narrative heavy, I think readers in general are probably considering whether or not this is something that was either early draft for some writer or a writer who simply doesn't have the writing chops or is is inexperienced. Because it's going to be more rare to find a book full of action and full of good dialogue and full of believable characters and easy on the narrative who also happens to be a beginner. Not too common. That kind of leads into my fourth point, which is something being info-dumpy. I'm not going to talk too much about info-dump, because that's just something that an entire podcast can be done about, but it's also probably a waste of a podcast, because if you're listening to this, more than likely you understand what the info-dump is and why to avoid it. That is essentially giving backstory, spelling out the, the, the current story and the current conflict, and anything from the connection between the characters, the characters' histories, even foreshadowing what's coming next, and simply dumping that on the reader instead of showing it through action or revealing it through dialogue. Action better than dialogue. Dialogue better than narrative, essentially, is the the default order, I would argue. But seeing those big batches of info dump, it's the same thing as as, as being narrative-heavy. Is I'm automatically going to say, well... My little red flag is going up. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm necessarily going to stop just because I see this. But I am probably going to say that more often than not, this is going to be a reflection of amateur writing, not of a writer who is quite capable, but who has chosen to present information this way. And the last is similar to that as well, and that is when it comes to excessive world building. And I just read another one recently, actually, that was so obsessed with world building that there really wasn't any rounded, meaningful characters. They were having no real meaningful connection to each other. I don't know that any one 
made any sort of fundamental change, and the main character faced one or two conflicts, but I think she was the same at the end as she was the beginning. And the end actually, because it was supposed to be the beginning of a series, I think the author also felt that they didn't have to make any sort of story arc within the novel because it's, oh, well, you know, just go to the next story. That's it. That's why there was no definitive climax, why there was no clear enemy, why there was no um, call to adventure. I mean, I'm not trying to get too Joseph Campbell in terms of this, but you have to have some sort of recognizable story arc and not simply use the entire first book in order to world build. I'm sure it seems very clever. Any writer comes up with a world and then thinks about it and rolls it around their head and starts to think this is different and that's different and the language is different and, and the, you know, the technology is different and all these. That's great. That's wonderful. But simply spoon-feeding that through narrative or as bad, perhaps worse, having the characters comment on it to each other because they would already know that and already be exposed to it and wouldn't know any better. So they're not going to comment on, you know, if it's first person and the person is thinking something and, and essentially narrating. They're not going to narrate about something they already knew. You're just going to have to blend that into the action. Not the easiest thing to do, but far better than essentially presenting a stranger who is supposed to know this place, but who comes across as no more knowledgeable of the world in which they reside than the reader is just doesn't work. So with all these things, all five things, there are a lot of problems, I believe, with structuring your fiction this way, short or long. Foremost, you're really just banking on someone indulging you. It is the idea that you want people to read it who are already 80% in line with your personality and interest, and who will, as a result of that alignment, further indulge your writing. I remember reading that lots of early, now famous sci-fi worked somewhat that way, or at least this is the criticism I've heard of it. It was rife with bad science, bad writing, bad dialogue, but it was original, and it gripped people with stories, so readers forgave the rest. And I don't even know about bad writing, because I absolutely love stumbling on a water-damaged, dog-eared sci-fi paperback for a quarter at some yard sale, but I agree with the idea that a solid story is that important, and that forgiving, and that the author's did indeed seem more dedicated to whisking you away to some other place than with shoehorning their personal beliefs or experiences or even the world in which they've created onto the reader. And here's the funny thing. I don't think this happens as often with short fiction. And for a few reasons. Let's bring this back to short fiction, to short story. Short fiction's market is still prestige-based. If anyone hasn't noticed, there still isn't the money there. And it's not really going to make you famous either. So it's prestige. It's not necessarily exposure. It's not, certainly not, money. It's prestige. And number two, I believe that the nature of its brevity doesn't indulge that world building. And even to, to in, in the same way, doesn't indulge all that autobiographical nature or info dump. It doesn't necessitate it even. Thirdly, I... I don't believe this is appealing to amateur writers. So there's a deep irony here, and that is that novel as a form, and again, I would argue what has a lot to do with this is to a small degree, small press, to a far larger degree, self-publishing, is inviting people who have never really written before or just beginning to write 
or who say, why not? There's no real barrier to entry to then say, oh, okay, well, the, the novel is where I'm starting. This is where I begin, amateur or not. And it's appealing to them because we are under the impression that novelists make money, which is, again, probably a misconception 99% of the time. But again, without a barrier to entry, with the only investment for most of them, I would argue, simply being their time, I would certainly doubt that most people going with Kindle Digital Publishing or something that like actually pay or even use some sort of trade exchange system in order to get peer review. So the short fiction, not having that exposure, not having that money, only being a prestige market, I just don't think it's an appeal much to amateur writers. Even if it is appealing, the markets just aren't going to take whatever crosses their desks the way that self-publishing would. This is particularly amazing considering that so many online lit mags are run by volunteer staffs not making a dime, yet they're still dogged about the quality of their work. Now, perhaps in time, this will bump market demand for short fiction or collections of short work. Perhaps it will come to pass that people realize that short fiction is trumping the absolute hell out of long fiction in terms of quality. Sure, then slapdash writing would soon follow the market demand. But in the meantime, I, for one, am kind of happy to be focused on short fiction when full-length works are undergoing these kinds of growing pains. That's all i got for this week. Thanks for listening. Check back again next week. Check us out on iTunes. Rate, review, and come on back again. Take care. This has been Crafting the Short Story with Darren Todd. Visit Darren online at darrentodd.net.